didn't know what to, I was like, I don't know where we're going, but I can, I mean, I can talk about anything, so... Welcome back to another bonus. You know, I was thinking we shouldn't call these bonus episodes. Maybe call them something like exclusive Ooh. interview instead. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a much more exciting word. Exclusive bonus. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the show. My name is Will and joining me as always are my friends and co-hosts Kat and John. Hello. Hi guys. Hello. So on our regular podcast episode earlier this week, we were talking about the difference between getting old and getting older. Mm-hmm. How you could do one without necessarily doing the other. And how important mm-hmm. the the power of how you perceive yourself uh, with regard to aging is to your your me- your health, your mental health, your mm-hmm. physical health. Right. And we backed it up with mm-hmm. research. Yes, uh, I'm gonna do this thing that my wife doesn't like when I do. Uh oh. No, not that. No, this other thing. Because I'm gonna say <laughs> oh. we probably gave you too much research because the show was probably five hours long. Uh, anyway, so um, so along those lines, I had this wonderful conversation with the real Slim Sherry. Uh, you know her mm-hmm. work. Right. You've seen her videos. She's uh, smart. She's funny. She's uh, you know really mm-hmm. thoughtful, and she's got takes. You know, she's mm-hmm. got uh, views on what it's like to be a Gen X person, uh, mm-hmm. a Gen X person in this day and age, a Gen X person when it was what it was like to be Gen X back in the nineteen eighties. Uh, but she's also an entrepreneur, and I wanted to I want to make sure I get the name right because uh, I wanted to tell you about this earlier this week when we were talking about this because we were mm-hmm. talking about. Uh, well, you should check it out. But we one of the little quizzes we did was uh, things you shouldn't wear after you're 50. Yeah. Right? It's a meaningless test. It was just done for fun. Don't take it seriously. <laughs> anyway, yeah. one of the things was the things you shouldn't wear when you're 50 and over. And uh, anyway, and I don't know if I've said this on the show, but uh, wear whatever you want. That's what it comes yep. down to. And look, yeah. I, don't, I don't care what you think about what I wear. I'm going to wear whatever I want. Mm-hmm. This does remind me, though. I remember when I was a kid, you know, seeing older men when they're in their 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. And they would be wearing these polyester suits with these oh, yeah. plaid patterns on them. Mm. And I would think, look at this poor guy. He's still trying to hang on to some part of his youth <laughs> by wearing that same suit he wore in the 1940s or 50s. You know? And then uh-huh. it occurred to me, I'm doing that now, more or less. <laughs> yes. And you know what? It's it's probably just, you know, those old guys that you remember back from you were not as old a guy. It's mm-hmm. They were comfortable in those clothes. Uh-huh. Yes. It made them, mm-hmm. right. it made mm-hmm. them feel appropriate it made them feel in their skin just like i do with a my graphic tee and a ball cap not because i think it's going to oppress the bankers but because it's it's what makes me comfortable why was my loan denied because of the hat was it uh yeah you got a yars revenge t-shirt suddenly you're not worthy of money (laughs) you need a co-signer You're going to have to get an adult. Can you bring your younger daughter in, please? Uh, I'm sorry, sir, but your credit score shows you have Pac-Man fever. <laughs> oh, dear, they got me. Yeah, so so look, wear whatever you want. But I, but I wanted to it's mention- It's a pre-existing condition, just for the record. Ah. <laughs> so anyway, look, I want to remind the folks here listening to this, because I, I think- I think I said it earlier on the on the show uh, earlier this week, but um, along those lines of we're finding something that's you know fits you that you want to wear, you should definitely check out Sherry's mm-hmm. online boutique at shopfeatherandvine.com. That's Sherry's company, uh, and it's uh-huh. really cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, and she also has she's also okay. created her own mm-hmm. skincare line, which again is you know being fi- mindful of the fact that we're getting older, but not necessarily mm-hmm. getting old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys are about to hear uh, during my conversation with Sherry that uh, surprisingly, twist, Sherry actually Ooh. talks me down. What? Yeah. <gasps> well, yeah, yeah. Well, well after <gasps> seeing some of her videos, I thought, you know, hey, I've got a kindred spirit here that will commiserate with me about, the, you know, some of my uh, my <laughs> pet oh. thieves or the things that, uh, you know. Oh, can't uh, wait. You wow. know, like my, my, my old man shouts at cloud moments, you know, I thought, oh. <laughs> and I, I, I can't wait and I to thought, hear. Well, I thought I'd have, you know, maybe a kindred spirit, but oh. I did not. But I am better and wiser for, nice. uh, and more mature for I having talked to, to Sherry. What more could you ask? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. With that, we will be right back in a moment with our guest today, the real Slim Sherry. I came here in a time machine that you invented. Now I need your help to get back to the year 19... 
you don't need to be one of the half a million people who follow our guest today on TikTok to be familiar with her work. You've undoubtedly seen one of the countless smart, entertaining, and poignant videos in which our guest shares her thoughts on the many benefits and occasional challenges of being a Gen Xer. In addition to being a viral sensation, our guest is also an entrepreneur with her own online boutique and skincare line. Visit shopfeatherandvine.com for more information. And of course, you may follow our guest on any and all of the social media platforms. Please welcome to the show, the real Slim Sherry. Hey, Sherry, how are you? Hey, how I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Uh, and look, it's 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 wonderful to talk to you. I was mentioning to you just a moment ago, it's, it's always bizarre. You know, I've had the good fortune to speak to some folks who I've been fans of for years, people on TV or movies that we grew up watching. So it's always a little strange to see someone who you've spent more hours watching than uh, speaking with. So I get it. Hey, look, we grew up in a generation, the first generation, really, to be able to have a personal computer in our home. Technology doesn't scare us. We've had that, uh, you know, for, for what, 40, 50 years now. But uh, what is it that, uh, I guess, inspired you to take the leap, at, again, at this, this age, it's no secret, we're in our 50s, to take to social, use the social media as a platform? Well, I've been, I've been using social media for many, many years. Um, I own my own business. And uh, about seven years ago, I started using a platform called Periscope to go live and sell the products that I sell. And that led into Facebook Live. And I've used Facebook Live for years. And then... Um, you know, as just sort of this experimenting with all the different platforms, Instagram, along came TikTok. And, um, you know, the, early on, I just was digesting the content. And I, I was so fascinated by the, the amount of content that was out there and just how clever people are and how creative. And I, I'm a creative. I enjoy, I've always enjoyed being creative. And uh, I just one day was like, you know what, I'm going to make some videos and I thought I would use them to promote my business initially. I was like, oh, I think I could do this to, to you know, I and mean, I'm in front of a camera all the time going live like this. How, di- how different can this be? Right. Very different, by the yeah. way. <laughs> um, and uh, so the first few videos, you know, I had no following whatsoever. I had no idea what I was doing. And, uh, you know, I've been using technology for many, many years. I was an investigator for most of my life. So I'm used oh. to being around computers and using different kinds of technology. So I'm, I was, I'm never intimidated by it. And, uh, you know, just initially making those first, first few videos, I was like, this is so different than anything I've ever done before, but I was hooked, you know, I was hooked and somehow I just never really used it for my business. I made, you know, I started making videos that were about Gen X and my first real viral video was a video called sounds only Gen X hears. Uh, and it was just clips of music that I put together that were just like the intros to songs or parts of a song that you just would know, like within a few seconds, you would know what song it was. Mm. And initially when I posted that video, it didn't really do well because I had no following. Uh, and I was doing more research because mm. as an investigator, that's just the way my mind works. Right. I just started digging and trying to understand like, well, how does this work? Why, why is, you know, what is it that really triggers this thing? and makes it, makes it take off. And so I had read that, reposting a video just because a, a video didn't do well the first time, you know, repost it. So it was maybe a month or two later, I reposted that same video. Didn't think nothing of it. Went to bed, woke up 20,000 new followers. Wow. The video's going viral. It's, you know, it's approaching a million pretty quickly. And I was like, wow. whoa, what is <laughs> happening? Uh, and then that just sort of started that, that really triggered me, uh, as far as like the excitement of like, oh, I'm going to do this again. Well, it's not right. as easy as just creating viral video after viral video. But then I started, you know, TikTok really likes you to kind of, they like to put you in a niche. They want you to niche down and find, they want to know where to put you. And so I was early on making a lot of Gen X content because I knew that's what the algorithm liked. And, you know, I fell into that trap of like, I'm going to make what I think TikTok wants. Mm. Well, then I just got tired of that. And I was like, no, I'm going to make content. By then I was really good at it. And I was like, I really am enjoying what I'm doing. So I started taking a stab at sort of middle age um, content and that a little bit of it did well. And then I would go back to Gen X. And then I just finally got to where my following had grown um, enough that I felt comfortable being able to do a variety of content, knowing my audience, you know, I could see the demographics, the people following me were in my age group. They were, you know, um, they were mostly Gen X, maybe some younger boomers. 
some zennials, you know, younger mm-hmm. millennials. And uh, I started just playing around with different content. And I started making only, for the most part, 95% of my content is all original content. You know, I don't, I don't do like trend videos, like sounds and things like that. So I was just, you know, really making content that um, I started wanting to take a stab at some of the, what I consider to be things that um, are characteristics of Gen X, things mm-hmm. that I started to feel, get a feel from the audience that we all had this sort of similar uh, background. And I, you know, prior to making this, making Gen X content, I wasn't a person that walked around and called myself a Gen X, you know, it wasn't like, mm. I didn't really identify that way. Okay. Um, I don't remember why I made that an original video, the sounds of Gen X. Uh, it was just sounds from my childhood, right. you know, and I was seeing a little bit of Gen X content, I think on TikTok, which might've been what inspired it. But I started realizing that there's all this whole community of people that were like me and all these years, even though I didn't really identify as a Gen X, I felt very isolated. I think like a lot of us do that. We just didn't realize there's so many other people out there that had either similar experiences to ours or, um, similar upbringings or parents that said the same exact things or, you know, so I started, there was sort of this, um, just this, this vibe around that. And so I started making content more specific about maybe things that, you know, like I did a day in the life of a Gen X kid, you know, and I've done like things that happened to us when we were kids, you know, like being, you know, just no seatbelts and no helmets. I started making a lot of content that you can find a ton of out on TikTok now uh, because there's so many great uh, Gen X creators, but that was sort of what started it. And I just, I got sucked in and then that led me to Instagram. And then that led me to sharing, you know, Instagram reels started to become big. And then I started sharing to Facebook and now it's just an, you know, it, I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, yes. And that's how I found you, you know, uh, uh, like you, su- you suggested in these social media platforms, obviously their business is to have fi- people find content and view content. Not that necessarily you're making any money off of it because, you know, Instagram or nothing. TikTok doesn't want to cut people in. But um, so naturally I started seeing more and more of your posts and the res- I responded to them on so many levels, not only because you were talking about the things that uh, stuff that I grew up with and could relate to, but because you felt comfortable complaining about certain things. And I feel like on my show, my two co-hosts, uh, well, Kat is very rosy and very optimistic on the scale of these things. John is a little in the middle. I am by far, they would say the most cynical of the bunch, but I would say more realistic. Uh, and in that sense, I, I could complain, complain, but try not to on the show. So I felt I've had a kindred spirit in some of the things that you were really griping about. Um, I think that's kind of what happened to me is I started feeling sort of this connection to people that that kindred spirit in, you know, the commenting. So I make a, I make a video and then I get the, I don't get to see you, but I get the experience of digesting and, and sort of, you know, in taking all of the comments inward, you know, and sort of processing that. And so I started really seeing a theme, you know, especially when I started and I don't, I don't consider it, um, griping or I just, I'm snarky. I'm sarcastic. I'm honest. I'm like probably one of the most honest people, I know. And I, you know, that's, I, I, most people would probably see themselves that way, but you know, I spent my life as an investigator, putting people in jail for a living. Honesty is like (laughs) a big, big deal for me, integrity. And so everything I do, I try to do with that in mind of like honesty and integrity. And I just started trying to tackle some of the bigger things that I was reading in the comments, you know, people just this overwhelming, um, you know, theme of sort of like, you know, just trauma for a lot of Gen Xers right. and, and not all of them. So some might see it as complaining. Others will call, say I'm whining, especially, you know, some of the boomers that are, that, that happen across my content, will call it, you right. know, the, that we're whining or whatever. But I really wanted to tackle sort of the, um, some of the harder topics that a lot of, I think Gen Xers aren't comfortable talking about, you know, mental health, trauma, mm-hmm. We can still laugh, you know, we can laugh about the fun things in our childhood and our memories. We're very nostalgic bunch, very, very nostalgic. And I always was nostalgic, even though I didn't really, like I said, label myself as Gen X. Um, but I sort of had this awakening as I approached 50. So mm-hmm. I started in on TikTok in October of 2021, right after I had COVID, I was pretty sick. And um, I don't know why it was after, I, I think because I digested so much during 
the, the time that I was sick, I just used TikTok as a way to entertain myself as I was quarantined. Right. Um, I came out of, you know, quarantine and, and as I was getting better, started using it to make my own content. But I, I just sort of had a new, I, I feel like I had a new outlook on life and I mm. was, I was going into the next year knowing I was turning 50 and there were just things that I just, you know, was like, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to put it out there. I'm going to be honest and I'm going to attack some of these, um, these stigmas and these taboo topics, um, that we, a lot of us just never talked about or wouldn't talk about, or you just didn't think you could talk about it because you had nobody that wanted to listen. And so, um, that's, that's where a lot of that content came from, which is me even tackling some of my own issues that I was facing and just wanting to sort of right. shed those layers and, and let go of that as I approached into this, the, this half century mark, right? right? Like I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm turning it 50, which hard, was a whole. Hard. Yeah. It sounds terrifying the way you put it that Yes, way. it was terrifying. You know, I mean, I spent all of my year 49 talking about turning 50. I don't even yeah. think I really focused on the fact that I was still 49. I was just so hyper-focused on this idea that I was turning 50 yeah. and how significant that was for me. And, you know, I think a lot of us Gen Xers uh, grew up not thinking we'd live this long, you know? So there was that whole idea of like, holy cow, I'm actually, I'm actually turning 50. I'm not sure how I got here, um, but I'm here. And uh, the next, the next 50 are going to be way better than the first 50 is how I just approached it, you know? And so poking fun at middle age and Gen X at the same time, you know, poke fun, but I, there's a lot of honesty and raw, um, kind of exposure layered into a lot of my videos. Yeah. You know, you remind me when I was a kid and probably, and I saw you talk about something sort of tangential to what I'm about to say, this idea that in uh, the 1980s, we were told so often that death was imminent, you know, nuclear apocalypse was imminent. We started hearing about climate change, you know, like in the seventies or 80s, that's imminent. We're basically just fucked at some point. We're all going to be wiped out. Um, that. I, I, maybe that's why I'm, I was thinking like, I might make it to 23, 24, 25. And after that, it started feeling like, I guess I'm old. Cause I, I didn't, I survived all that stuff. But then at some point I made a decision that I can't get into that headspace because, you know, otherwise then when I truly am starting to, you know, hit 40, 50 years old, I'm going to be in a dark place, just sort of yeah. training myself to accept getting older, you know, but only because I had survived the eighties, I guess. You know, and yeah, I mean, I think I've made I've made some content around that, just talking about yeah. you know, sort of the idea that we all grew up in this uh, time where um, we just were kind of always anticipating this nuclear annihilation, and you yeah. have you know, there was just so many, and then AIDS, the AIDS epidemic, and there right. was just so many things going on in the eighties. The government was corrupt, you know. We we just there was always sort of this looming idea that. I mean, we're all just going to be gone tomorrow anyway, right? So right. You, we were just living in very in the moment. And I've always kind of lived my life that way, I think because of that reason, just sort of always living, not really ever planning for the future because we right. didn't imagine there was going to be a future. At least that's, I mean, all of our music, our music, our movies, everything on television was mm-hmm. painting that same sort of doomsday image for all of us. And, it, and you know, this was during our most formative years. And so that's sort of what we carried into our adulthood, sort of this always this this attitude of like, well, you know, I, I may not be here tomorrow, you know, like we all might be gone tomorrow. So we just never really planned for uh, the future. And so you're right, as we sort of, you know, you start turning certain decades old, um, you know, you'd start to have a different look on outlook on life. You know, you, and I, this is probably the first time in my life I've really started planning for the the next half of my life. You know, I mean, I remember being around 12 years old, my great grandmother turned a hundred years old Wow! and she lived to be almost 105, but she would turn to a hundred and we all went, everybody traveled to her. We had this big family reunion. And I just remember all of these, she had generations and generations of her family around her. She got a letter from president Reagan and a certificate, wow. you know, on her turning a hundred. And like, this was this huge celebration and I just remember looking around and listening to her, the story of her life and thinking in that moment, I want to live to be a hundred. Right. Like I remember that. And ever since then, even though I was never really planning, I've always had sort of this idea in my mind that I was going to live to be a hundred and beyond because she did. She lived mm. to be, she missed her 105th birthday by like a month. Right. And so 
although I wasn't really planning for the future, I've sort of had this mentality uh, my whole life that I was going to live. As long as this world continues to exist, I'm going to live beyond 100. And so I poke a lot of fun at being middle-aged too. because I get, I get, I have plenty of people who want to tell me that I'm not middle-aged, that I'm old. Uh, And I don't Mm -hmm. subscribe to that because I'm like, no, I mean, to me, if I'm living to be over a hundred, I'm just hitting the halfway point, you know, like I'm just getting started. And I think that my, one of the goals I have um, is also to sort of destroy and, and disturb the idea of what it is to be old, because that's the other problem. I feel like so many Gen Xers, and not all, I get often asked not to talk for all of us. And I don't, it's always Someone's a lot at, of us. Someone tells or, you pipe down. That's not, not, don't speak for all of us. Uh, they do. I, you should see this, <laughs> the shit that people say to me, but you know, um, I just, most of those people I ignore, but I'm right. like, if you listen, if you, I just want to respond to them and say, if you actually listen with your ears, okay. You would have heard me say some or many, yep. most, not all, you know, we're speaking in, I'm not speaking in absolutes, but anyway, um, I do get told that all the time, but in general, uh, you know, speaking as a, as a, at a, at, towards a collective of people, um, you know, I think that a lot of us grew up very young. We matured at a very young age. Right. We were, um, the first generation to have such high divorce rates and single parent homes and homes where a lot of us were latchkey kids. We were left alone for hours and hours. We cared for ourselves. We cared for our siblings, whatever. There's just so many stories out there, right? So we matured. I feel like we kind of peaked very, very early. And so I joke around that we're, ju- we're perpetual adolescents because our growth was sort of stunted. I yeah. feel like because it was during our really formative years and those years where we weren't even, our brains weren't even fully developed yet. Right. Um, that we, we kind of peaked early, you know, we, it kind of stuck us in this state of sort of adolescence and we can mature and we age, whatever, but there's a reason why so many Gen Xers are still a, act like a bunch of, you know, yeah. kids. They're very nostalgic. We just kind of hold on to our childhood. I think more than a lot of other generations either do or have, yeah. um, because so much of our youth was lost in that time. You know, we were maturing at a very young age. And so, you know, now I feel like a lot of us are the going backwards, maybe even in, uh, in age and, and just kind of this refusal to grow up, you know, it's like, we're not, we, I I'm an adult, but I'm not a grown up. I like agree 100%. And I come across people that, that, yeah, I don't think I, I mean, there are many of us that are, and the yeah. ones that are, most of us would be like, get the stick out of your ass. Yeah, I, I'm taking s- life a little too serious. I agree. I meet some people sometimes that are our same age. I'm going to be 52 in a couple of months that I'm like, you're an adult. Like, how are you? A, you, you seem like a real, like an adult man with responsive. I feel like a kid. And I think part of it is like, to your point, I agree with you 100%. And we're the first generation, I think, that had the technology to continue to listen to the music, watch the movies, see the TV shows that we grew up with, you know? Yeah. Now, you know, years after I think about my father who still watches TV shows from his youth now that he can, but there was a good, you know, 20, 30 years before those things were available. So there was a gap there, but no, we had this sort of seamless transition where we could just continue to live our youths and want to, you're right, because we didn't really have them the way maybe other, maybe those adult people that we're we're friends with had childhoods that were different, you know, where parents were always available and nurturing. And Well, I do, I think you hit, I think you hit on a point there. I do think the ones that had a more traditional or um, normal, which I don't like the word normal, nothing's normal, but normal, childhood um, maybe have matured differently than we have. And they do take life. uh, They look at life differently. They see it through a different lens because they didn't have that experience. And so those are the ones that feel the need to correct me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was not the case. Don't speak for all of us, you know, listen, just, you know, you can just scroll on by, you don't have to stop and, you know, not everything that you think should come out of your fingers, you know, um, or out of your mouth, but it's just, yeah, there are some out there that take life a little bit more seriously. Or they're a little more mature. And, you know, I think some of us are envious of that, but I'm also at a point, I, I also really enjoy my adolescent mind. Yeah. You know, I enjoy that. I still feel very young mentally. I don't feel old. Right. I don't uh, subscribe to this idea of old or aging. Like we're all age. Everybody's aging every day, right? right? We're all 
We're all lucky. If you're lucky, you're going to get old someday. A lot of us didn't make it. You know, a lot of right. Gen Xers and other generations, they didn't make it. They just, yep. you know, I joke around that natural selection is a real thing, you know, that there's <laughs> right. a reason yes. those people aren't here. But, you know, I mean, that the idea of growing up, you know, I, I also joke around about, you know, that the, the song, that Toys R Us song, I don't want to grow up, I'm a Toys R Us kid, was some sort of witchy, magical <laughs> you know, juju yes. they put on us, like, you know, uh, witchcraft shit that kind of stuck us all in this state yeah. of perpetual adolescence and told us we didn't have to grow up. And right. so therefore we didn't, we still hold on to that idea of like, I don't, I don't want to grow up. I don't have to. And then yeah. you have the whole, the whole Peter Pan, you know, Neverland syndrome. That was a big deal. We, you know, and that's a real thing of like being stuck in sort of this idea of, of um, Neverland. And, and I think a lot of us kind of still, um, see ourselves in that way too of like you know we're we're just these kids that are in neverlands and they get to be get to be kids forever even though my body doesn't hold on to its youth my mind has you know except for when i can't for, i can't remember where i put my coffee or my glasses but otherwise um you, were, you know that's you make me think in uh, in watching your videos because i was talking with my co-host about this earlier this week this idea that drawing a distinction between getting older and being old like let some of your videos you talk about rightly the physical things that happen when you get older. Like I pulled mm-hmm. my neck, rinsing my hair in the shower like two weeks ago and my neck still hurts. <laughs> it That's still hurts, thing. doesn't it? But <laughs> I don't feel old in the sense. And I, I, this thing, these things piss me off, these memes that, and I think they're created by folks in our generation where it's like, if you, you know, if you recognize this image and it's a picture of like a car lighter, you know, car uh, lighter, uh, lighter in a car or an ashtray, you're old. I feel just like, no, fuck you. I'm not, that doesn't mean I'm old. It means I've, I'm older. I've had experience, but I know what the it implication means experience. is. That's yeah. what I want to get people to start looking at is like, we're not old. We yeah. have more experience than you. That's all, you know, yeah. we had to your point. That's, you know, that's a label that somebody wants to label us. If you did this or you saw that, yeah. Uh, you experience this, you're automatically in this old category. Yeah. I just give them a big middle finger to that shit because yeah. I'm like, no, I, I don't, I don't subscribe to any of that. Just be, you know, to you, to you, what your point, your point of what you're saying is that they're, they're identifying and labeling us as a, as a something based on that experience. And I, I don't, I just see it as no, I'm just, I'm, that doesn't make me old. That just means that I've, I've been here longer than you. Yeah. That doesn't mean I'm old. Like old is a state of mind. I could be 80 and, uh, right. you know, not feel old other than the fact that, yes, the body reminds us that we are, we've been here longer and we have more experience and all the stupid shit that we did when we were kids or when we were in our twenties is now rearing its head. Yeah. Okay. It's now <laughs> saying, listen, y'all that stupid shit you did a long time ago. i I didn't forget. Right. Okay. That's right. what your body's telling you. Um, so yeah, but the, the thing is, is that now they're trying to say that middle age is 35, you know, like yeah. I, I've been reading that. I see memes oh. that say some shit about that, where it's like, you know, you're 35 is middle age. I'm like, the fuck it is. Yeah. That is not <laughs> middle age. Like, I, I don't recall ever at 35 thinking this is the middle of my life. Right. And that's the thing people don't know is that I've always planned to live. <laughs> if the world exists, I always plan to live beyond a hundred. So to me, I'm just hit middle age, man. I just right. hit that 50 mark. I got a whole nother 50 years in me plus, you know? So, but the idea that people are now calling 35 year olds middle age, right. I'm like, when did this happen? And we need to do work to reverse that, you know, in other cultures, people that are older are, they, they're revered, you know, right. they, they look up to them and they, they look to them for their wisdom and their experience and the knowledge that they have that they can pass down. We don't do that. Like we right. frown upon the, the people who are older. We frown upon the wisdom. We frown upon that knowledge. And, you know, we're the, we live in a culture where it's all about being young and I am working hard. I and I will continue to work hard. I'm even going to write a book about the shit of like undoing that idea of, of age, you know, like ages being old is a state of mind. Age is a state of mind, you know? And so it's getting people to see themselves differently. And I get so that's probably why I get so many comments, like so many people who message me just how much I inspire them to see themselves differently and in their fifties and in their sixties and even some in their seventies, 
Right. You know, that are reaching out to me going, you just inspire me to, you know, change their own state of mind and not see not to not to subscribe or adhere to a label that society has placed upon us. Right. But instead live by our own live on our own terms and by our own rules. And you don't get to tell me I'm old. I'll, I'm old when I say I'm old. You know, you, you make me think and when you talk about the other cultures uh, that um, it's the younger folks, right, that want to label us this way because maybe it, and maybe it's a you know a subconscious threat to their to their own mortality that they need to be able to say, "Well, you're old," because then it means that I'm young. So I'm young in that sense. But I think about this. I just read about this today. This uh, multi-millionaire Brian Johnson, who supposedly spent two million dollars. He's forty-five years old, I think. He spent mil- millions of dollars to make his body younger. And he claims that through the different things he's doing, which mostly has been diet, uh, that his biological age is 36. So he's maybe cut, you know, 10 years out of his life. But to your point, he's 40, you know, five. So to some kid in his 20s, he's still old. It doesn't matter what you're, so even you get your body together. It It, doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, it's, and it's, I don't know how it begins because I have, I have young kids at home. I have a nine-year-old and an 11-year-old, and then I have a 33-year-old. So, you know, I've got 21 years between, my oldest and my, in my middle, um, you know, they're somehow, even at that, my youngest, and if they don't get it from me, because I don't, we don't talk about this. Maybe once in a while I joke, like I'm old, you know, I'll say, well, that's because I'm old or something, but I'm, I've stopped doing that because even them at their age have this idea that we're old and I don't know where they get that. You know, I don't know where that, where that, when that begins in their, their youth or who, they, who, where, where the influence comes from. Right. But even at a very young age, they already perceive themselves as young and you as old, yeah. you know? And, and I don't, I, I don't re- really remember ever seeing my parents that way. When I was growing up, I never looked at them as old. Right. I, I don't, I didn't, I, I imagine there probably are people that did, but I didn't see my parents as old. You know, I saw my grandparents maybe as older, right. you know, but I don't remember thinking my parents were old, but these kids today, they see their parents as old. And I, and a lot, some of it does have to do with social media. I think just this sort of constant flow of technology and images and video and content in their face. We didn't have that. Right. We didn't have that kind of influence. They do. Um, and so, you know, you've got the YouTube and TikTok and, you know, whatever other plot, like they're all the games they play that are all very interactive. You know, we would have killed to have a headset and been able to talk (laughs) to our friends while we played Atari, you know, but there was not, these kids have, they just live in a different world. And, um, yeah, I'm sure some of that is influenced by the media and by what's being the content that's being put out into the world. But, um, I'm trying to reverse that. I'm trying to change my children's mentality and the way they see the world and, and, and try to help them rewire that idea of what old is, you know, so that they don't grow up perceiving themselves that way later in life. You know, I want them to be as young as they can be mentally, physically, all of it, as long as they can be, you know? And so it's, but there's a lot of uphill battle there because a lot of it is in the media. A lot of it is in, um, print, you know, when you look at what's being sold to people, and it was no different than when, no different when we were growing up. What was being sold to us was the same. It's this idea of, you know, of young and skinny and right. beautiful and photoshopped and all of these, you know, things that we grew up with. No, not really any different. I mean, I know there's the whole no, the hashtag no filter movement and all that. And I love that. But you're still selling beauty and skinny and young and that's what they're that's what they see all the time you know and they when you look at when you look at some of the celebrities out there that from our era like you look at j-lo for example absolutely stunningly beautiful she's older than i am you know she gets love because she's j-lo but there's so many other celebrities in that same age range that are considered over they're past their prime right they're over the hill they're they don't get the love from uh, Hollywood that they once did. It's all always passed down to the young. You're good for your age kind of thing. You know, she's What's good. That? She looks good for her age. You know, she looks good at any age, but that whole thing, you know, where it's some of the other people like you're talking about, it would be that sort of, you know, backhanded compliment. Well, well, and I'm, I'm trying to, I've even challenged my, my followers, which I hate calling them followers, but fans, whatever you want to call them. Sure. Um, the community that I have, if you will, challenge them to stop saying that. Stop saying somebody looks good for their age. 
Right. Just tell them they look good. Right. Doesn't matter how old they are. Right. You just look good. It shouldn't, it, nobody should give two shits if you're 20 right. or you're 70. If you look good, you look good. It doesn't have to be about your age. And that's, mm-hmm. uh, that's a true mind shift of like, you just look good. Has nothing to do with my age. Has nothing to do with your, you look fantastic. Okay. Yeah. Has nothing to do with your age. Right. You know, and everybody and the thing people forget is that we've all lived different lives. We've all had different challenges and obstacles to overcome. And we've all you know lived either better lives or harder lives. Nobody knows unless they really know you. And so just enjoy that they look good, period, that they look good. No matter their age, no matter their their status in society, they just look good. You know, that's it. Imagine someone saying the opposite. Well, you look really old for your age. You would be surprised. I get that too. There are people right? who. Oh, I didn't even mean to you. I meant. Uh, oh, okay. There are people that, that do just like, that, like, cause I make Gen X content. So right. I will get people usually probably millennials, Gen Z's. I don't know who might be a freaking boomer. I don't know yeah. that say, you know, who are you kidding? You, you're, you're definitely a boomer. You're not Gen X, you know, God. say shit like that. <laughs> You're not 50, you're not, when I was 40, you're not 49, you're 60. I mean, they say shit like that. And I'm just in some, every once in a while, I'll, I'll have fun with them. But most of the time I just ignore that because I'm like, you can't tear me down. I am already broken. You can't break me. Okay. I already came from a place of broken. You can't break me. So that shit doesn't bother me. Um, So, you know, it's, but yeah, there are people, there are people that will just say anything to people. And uh, try to, to try to tear them down and they do that, try to make themselves feel better. It is funny that, that you know, folks who come after our generation, because uh, I, I've had some folks on YouTube or Facebook make comments to me and I still play video games almost every night with some buddies I met, met online. I've, I've never met them physically, but you'll get gamers that hate you because you beat them in the game, sending you messages. And I'm like, these have to be younger people because if they were my age or knew how old I was, they would know I couldn't care less what you have to say about me. Like there's, when I grew up, there was like two people that I cared about their opinion, my mom and dad. That was end of list. You go to elementary school and have kids pick on me. I couldn't care what they said because I was, there was more things to worry about. I had a tougher skin by the time I was, you know, in elementary school. Yeah. I mean, it, it, hearing you say that, um, you know, it's funny because I thought the same thing. You know, I, I definitely have that. I don't, I don't care what people think about me. I don't give a shit about your opinion. Um, I, I just do me, right? Like I say, I tell people that I just, I'm just me. This is me and and I'm not going to change for you. Um, If I'm going to change, it's going to be for me, not anybody else. I had the same mentality or same idea that all of us are like that. The Gen X, we just, we don't care. We are, that's our, that's the trademark of our generation is that we don't care. Right. right? That's a, that's like our (laughs) hallmark right there, man. Um, (laughs) And there are a lot of them that do. There are a lot of Gen Xers that do care and Mm. get their panties in a wad over really weird things. And so, um, I, I always, always just try to tell people like, stop giving your fucks to shit that don't, that doesn't matter. You know, like you're, that's your time, your energy, your attention, your money. Why are you giving your fucks to that? Like, that's not important. Save that stuff for really magical shit. Okay. And leave me the hell alone. That's, you know, um, but there are some that really do care. Mm. And I don't, again, I don't know if it goes back. You made me think about, is it because they just grew up differently and they didn't have that yeah. experience and they had this normal or, or maybe they're not normal. Maybe they're just, again, these are keyboard warriors just hiding behind a, a keyboard. Sure. Um, I don't really know, but yeah, there are a lot of them out there that do care. Surprisingly, they'll tell you they don't, but they do. Right. And uh, that's been an interesting um discovery for me. One thing I came across this, uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on this because I came across this uh, comedian who's of our gen, well, he's a little bit older than we are, but Alonzo Bowden. And he made this just really, I love this piece from one of his standups where he talked about when we grew up, there were people who didn't know shit and people who knew shit. And the people who didn't know shit knew they didn't know shit. And so when a conversation was happening between the, the no shits, the other people wouldn't get involved. But Nowadays, it seems to be there's this fear of not like knowing things is like currency. And so, God forbid, I don't know what these other people know where they all pretend to know things or glom on some half-assed information to make it seem like they have something. Or uh, one of my big pet peeves, I think, that fits into this category is of people going online to reveal magic tricks. Like you've got people that are getting attention like you are by showing magic tricks. And then the next video is a guy, let me show you how that dude, you know, they stitch in their thing. I'll show you how he did it. Why? 
just it's okay if we don't know. I, I do think there's a I do think there's a group of people out there, uh, a large group of people actually, especially with the with platforms like TikTok and and other platforms where you can make any kind of content, right? Yeah. That have this need to know mentality, and that because they need to know, they want to tell everybody. Like they and they're they're they feel like there are these people who have this idea of like revealing all the secrets to everything the entire like we're going to reveal the secrets of the universe you know like it's you know it there's some they just they don't have that filter they don't have that thing that that x factor that holds them back you know um because they don't there's no consequence in in it for them there's no there's no downside it's all upside for them it's a downside for the people that it affects like a magician it's like why would you why would you give away the secret <laughs> right. um, to the entire world? It's one thing to do it behind, a, you know, the curtain. Uh, but why would you reveal it to the whole world? They just don't value um, that that level of secrecy or, and I, I hate to use the word secrecy, but that level of like confidentiality of something like a magician yeah. um, because they just, they there's only upside for them. They do it for the views. They do it for the... Um, the shock, the awe, the what, that's why they do it. And um, there's a lot of people doing that with not just magic tricks, but like other things where it's like, why, why as a person who's an investigator for 26 years, um, I would never go on and reveal my secrets of how I was an investigator. You know, that, that there's a, there's just this thing about like, no, people are like, Oh, you should, you should. Cause they know, you know, you should have a pod, not, not to, and you have your own podcast, but I've had people, you should do a podcast on like tr- real crime, true crime stuff, or you should, you know, you should talk to people about your investigative background. I'm like, I have zero desire to do that. If I'm going to teach you how to be an investigator, it's going to be in a room full, uh, like a closed room with right. uh, people who are being trained to be in that role. Right. I'm not telling everybody else my secrets because, you know, you think the police go around telling you all their secrets or how they do investigate? <laughs> no, it's not how it works. Right. But there are people that, again, do it just purely for the view. Yeah. They're just trying to get the, they're just doing it for the the numbers. Look, there's so many things I could talk to you about. I don't know. It was my word saying griping. I, it, that's because that's how I think it about it. And a lot of times it's because, you know, there's shit that just drives me crazy. And I've got to complain. I complain. <laughs> Maybe I complain. That's not your words. I don't know that it's relevant. This is another one of my gripes. And, you know, look, it's maybe it's because... I was a DJ when I was younger. And maybe, look, I say, we talk about DJ or I talk about ma- yeah, the magic thing as an example. There's, but there's bigger issues here. You know, the magic thing to me is like people treat knowledge like currency and they don't want to be poor. You know, they want us to look rich too. It's okay to be dumb or not know something. Oh, whatever. I'm sorry. Sherry, you don't deserve me to be screaming here. But the, You're fine. The DJ thing. I'm passionate as well. I call that passion. <laughs> The DJ thing for me is emblematic of uh, sort of a similar, no, well, it, it may, it's, not, it's not similar, but it's different. When I was, a, when I was younger, I, you know, at 12, 13 years old, I started DJing and it was analog. So it was difficult. It was expensive. It took a lot of practice. You know, I did it for years and started from nothing and, you know, evolved into something. Now it seems like because of the dem- democratization of music creation, which I'm for, I love technology. I use it. But it allows like anybody to just easily at least seem, skip all these steps and make it at least seem, and I'm going to say seem, because a lot of technology can just do the work for you, that they're as proficient as these things that took us a lot of work and practice, you know, in 1980s. All right, that's it. I'm done. I'm done stepping off the soapbox. So in in all honesty, I I feel you because there's things I did the old and hard way. When I first started my investigative career, I was... Uh, I was 19 years old. We didn't have anything. There was no techno. I mean, we had giant cameras and there was no technology. And we used to have to put VCR tapes in the tape recorder and record them for, you know, six hours at a time. And then when a time lapse came out and you could record 24 hours at a time, like we just thought we'd hit like the freaking jackpot, you know, the idea of like this 24 hour (laughs) time lapse video. And, you know, kind of moving through the years and technology has evolved and became better and more um, easy to use. And, uh, you know, there, I can see where you look back and go, well, that's bullshit. I had to do it the hard way. You know, you guys got it easy because you get the benefits of all the hard work we put in that somebody developed that technology from our pain and our hard work. And that's the truth is somebody created technology to make that process easier, make it, um, 
where anybody could do it, you know? And so I get that, uh, that feeling because I've been there where it's like looking at these, you know, if I were still an investigator and looking at the technology that that's being used today and looking at these young kids just starting out or anybody for that matter going, you got it so freaking easy. You have no idea how hard this job used to be, you know, and I got paid a whole lot less money than you do to do that, do the hard way. You know, I mean, I can see that, that side of it. Um, but I also see the upside of like, why not let everybody learn how to do whatever, if they want to learn how to do it and they can make, and it can be done easily. Then for me, I'm like, have at it. Like, there'll be room for other hard shit, you know, like, yeah. And now yep. maybe not the, I mean, I love music, uh, but we've just made it so easy, right? You could just, I can make my own playlist and just listen. To, I don't even, people who come to me and ask me for my playlist, they're like, oh, I need your playlist. In my mind, there's a part of me going, why the fuck don't you just make your own playlist? Yeah. <laughs> but I give it to them, but that's still in my mind of like, yeah. anybody can make a playlist. I don't know why you need me to make a playlist or people who come in and ask me, um, in my comments all the time, like, well, wait, what am I? What generation am I? I don't fucking know. What year were you born? Yeah. And then, the, you know, or I, mean, I just, I have to give them the, I have to give them a 1965 to 1980, you know, or they'll say what years are Gen X. And in my mind, I'm like, have you heard of Google? Yeah. Like there's this thing called Google that you can use to get an endless amount of information in my day. We would not have had that shit. We had to go to the library or we had to read an encyclopedia yes. or you had to ask a stupid question and possibly get the shit slapped out of you for asking a stupid question. The, use the technology you have. Like that's where I, I have. Yeah. I, so I totally feel you on this, but mine's my approach is a little bit. My, my ideas are a little bit different than the DJ thinks. I never DJ, but, but you know what? It made me think of my Spotify playlist where I'm like, <laughs> anybody can be a DJ. Maybe you're not out there mixing records and shit, but you, you know, just make your own freaking playlist yeah. and do your thing. It's so easy. Well, we used to have to, sit and record the shit on a mix on a tape, you know, you, know? you make me realize, and maybe, maybe this is what it really bothers me about it. And I'm going to say maybe our generation is to blame. Cause I think I'm talking about our generation's kids is that my parents did a good job. I think of, and I'll just use music as an example, but, and maybe it was just our generation, how we were raised of knowing what came before, you know, like it may be because stuff hadn't changed as rapidly as it's changed since the eighties. But knowing what culture, pop culture came before, listening to music of, look, when I was a good, young, younger, I had to listen to my parents' music. They weren't like, you know, as, as the 80s came on and I was becoming more of a teenager, then we could listen to Top 40. But I was listening to their Top 40, you know, from the 50s. Yeah. Um, so I came up that way knowing those things. I guess I, and this is just me projecting. I see a little, you know, TikTok or an Instagram reel, someone DJing for 30 seconds and the kid's in his 20s or 30s. And I'm like, you think that's how it's always been. Like uh, it's kind of like they say, learning music, learn the rules to then break the rules. But I feel like they don't have necessarily have an appreciation or knowledge of how we got there. But I don't know that. So, and, and even if they don't, yeah. I I'll go back to the thing. I always say, you don't know what you don't know. Right. And if you don't have a need to go seek out yeah. the information, like you're just presented with this, here's how we do it in 2023. Right. This is how it is. And, and you're learning it for the first time, you're experiencing it for the first time, you don't necessarily have a need to know how it came to be, right? Unless you have the desire to seek that information out. It's not it's not a need to know. Yeah. It might be a nice to know, but it's not a have to know, you know? So I feel like, and and I, I see, I, I hear, I see a lot of this with some people that, that follow me, you know, they'll, they, they'll, make comments about the younger generations and how they don't know. And, and they'll never, and they'll never know. And, and I, and, and they're right. They, they won't ever know. They don't need to know. They don't, their world is a different world than our world. We just grew up in a different, and we straddle this world of analog and digital. Then these kids are practically born with a, with an iPhone or an iPad in their hands yep. today. They will never know a world without that technology. And yep. so they don't have a need to know how it used to be. I don't have a need to know how the hell, I mean, we learned it, but I don't need to know how a light bulb came to be. I don't need to fucking know. I yeah. just use the Flip light the bulb, right? Yeah. Like, I think it's kind of the same idea of like, you know, the first car that got built, like, you know, when we yeah. now cars, the way they freaking drive themselves, you know, I mean, these kids don't give a shit where the car came from unless they have an interest in it, right? Unless they have an, a, a desire to know, it's not a have to know. Right. And so I think it comes down to that to that, you know, we just grew up in a time when if you wanted information, you, you had to go and work for it to get it. These kids don't have to work for it today. Yep. It's just sort of just easy. 
And, um, but you know, and, and some people say, well, that'll make them lazy. You'll that. Yeah. In some ways, but then it's going to, it's going to birth this entire future, you know, of, of what's to come. Right. Just like we did. We, because of, because of us, because of our generation and in us sort of leading into that tech, that technological world, the advancements that have happened over the last 40 years are so significant. So like more technology and, and it just is getting faster and faster each year at how quickly everything is growing. You know, we had to put in the we put in a lot of the hard work and we were sort of the beta. And now we're just, you know, we're past that. And and uh, yeah. there'll be a new beta, you know, there'll be a new world of there'll be a new birthing of like these kids coming. Like if you imagine the kids like my kids right now, nine and ten, nine and eleven, I'm sorry. Um, when I was that age, you know, I had no idea what was gonna happen in 30 years. You know, I, again, we weren't planning to live that long. So I look at my kids and go, What's the world going to be like for them in 30 years? Yeah. You know, hopefully for the better. Fingers crossed. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, I still live in that idea of like, well, this shit all, this shit could all be gone tomorrow. Yes, you know, so I agree. Uh, especially with the whole, you know, thing going on over in uh, Ukraine, yeah. you know, that sort it's, of I think brought familiar. back a lot of, yeah, it brought <laughs> yes. back a lot of feelings, you know, of like, Hey, we've been here, done this, you know, this is not, this is not new. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, sure. I will leave it there and thank you for your time. Hey, look, I was excited to talk to you to get, you know, just to talk, look, I was excited to talk to you because I'm a fan of yours, but I didn't ever expected that Slim, the real Slim Sherry would talk me down from some of my, uh, you know, grievances with the younger generation. But I, I feel like I've been given a new perspective and maybe a, uh, more, uh, Gener- maybe you're more generous one now. Maybe, maybe I am too cynical, uh, as my friends would say. That's, you know, that's just, that's the benefit of like talking and knowing other people, right? As you get to see, you'll hear other perspectives. And uh, I love that. I love when somebody does that to me, unless they piss me off. Most yeah. times it's like, oh, I didn't think about it like that. You know, it g- gives me food for thought. Well, and it's particularly resounding hearing it from a fellow generation Xer. So uh, thank you so much for your time today, Sherry. Thank you. Hey, if you enjoyed our chat with Sherry, please check out our weekly podcast, 1980s Now. Hey, well, you're listening to it right now. Uh, Every week we talk about 1980s pop culture and discuss current, yes, current 1980s pop culture news. Uh, There's new episodes out every Monday. Hey, on behalf of myself and Kat and John, we will talk to you next time on 1980s Now. This podcast is part of the 80s Ruled Network. Visit the 80s Ruled on Facebook for more 1980s awesomeness.